Now, the good news is the vast majority of people who get lower respiratory issues still recover, but the ones that don't recover often have upper respiratory involvement, which then proceeds to other organ dysfunctions, which can be a very bad uh, prognostic sign if other organs get involved. Dr. Jonathan Bakhtari. You can see it. I mean, it's crystal clear. I think it's going to really revolutionize things. Which is a big game changer. All information discussed or provided by Jonathan Bakhtari, MD, Dr. Bakhtari, and or his affiliates and guests are for educational purposes only. The information discussed and provided is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding a medical concern or condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of any information discussed or provided by Dr. Bakhtari or his affiliates and guests. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call 911 immediately. So welcome to another episode of Bakhtari MD. I know there's a lot of YouTube videos out there on how the SARS-CoV-2 virus works, how coronavirus uh, infections occur, uh, but I wanted to really kind of talk more globally about it because as a layperson, a lot of times some of these explanations you know, seem confusing. The one thing you have to understand is the coronaviruses have been with us forever. Coronaviruses is actually a very common cause of the common cold. The fact that a new version of the coronavirus came out uh, that is more lethal is the concern. But whether it was the SARS pandemic or epidemic or the MERS, uh, now we have the SARS-CoV-2, they're all in the same line of coronaviruses. And coronaviruses, like the one you get with a common cold, have a certain sequence and a pattern. We call all of them you know, upper respiratory pathogens or viruses. And the reason we call them that is every virus needs a mode of entry. It's got to get into your system somehow, right? You can't just, you can't just get a virus. And the way viruses work is they don't have their own machinery. You know, I, I, I know I have another video that talks about how viruses work. I'll put a link for that. But Assuming you now understand how viruses work, they need to figure out a way to latch on. Think of it like you're trying to get onto a big, big cargo boat in the ocean, right? I mean, a huge boat, like, and you're swimming in the water. You got to get on the boat somehow. You know, do you latch on to this part of the boat? Do you latch on that part? And there's got to be an easy way to get on for you, right? I mean, and you're obviously going to pick the easiest way depending on your skill sets. Well, the skill sets for most upper respiratory viruses and the coronavirus is to invade your mucosa of your nose and the back of your throat, your epithelial cells, and that is their mode of entry. So that's how they get on the cargo ship. Now, once you get on the cargo ship, then then whatever. So most people get an upper respiratory infection because they will either inhale a droplet that was aerosolized by someone else who was infected, Occasionally, you can touch, shake someone's hand or have contact with someone who then passes the bug. And for most people, they touch their eyes and mouth and face pretty frequently, which is, uh, by the way, a good habit to get out of, which we've talked about before. So either you, you inhale the droplets or you touch your mouth, nose, and face. And then if you have enough of a viral load, uh, and depending on your immune system and other factors, whether you have immunity, 
that uh, upper respiratory virus can bind to your epithelial cells of your nose and mouth and back of your throat. Once it does that, it then continues to spread in impacting to other parts of your body. Uh, it can, like with a SARS-CoV-2, can infect some of the olfactory nerves and make you lose your sense of smell, it can invade other parts of the body. But like most respiratory infections that people get, sometimes it's just a nasal congestion that people get. Other times it's nasal and sinuses, and sometimes it's nasal sinuses in the back of their throat. So when you go to a doctor and you have those symptoms, we would call that an upper respiratory infection. What separates it out is when it becomes lower respiratory, which is below you know, your vocal cords and into your trachea and bronchi and the, your lung itself. So that is the definition between a upper respiratory infection and a lower respiratory infection. What's interesting is about the SARS-CoV-2 is it can make that transition between an upper respiratory infection and then a lower respiratory. And that's when you get into trouble. If you get an infection with COVID and it's confined to just your nose and sinuses and the back of your throat, that tends to have a good outcome. Now, if it invades your trachea and then your bronchi and your lungs, well, there there is going to be the issue. Now, a lot of people recover from that, but the people who don't recover often have lung involvement. And once lungs are involved, the other organs can get involved, and that's really when bad things happen. But uh, as I stated, the lungs are always the, the first, or most of the time, the first thing to get involved and then other other organs follow suit. I think that's really the thing. You know, when you get COVID, does it go from an upper respiratory infection to a lower respiratory infection? And if it goes into your lungs or your your trachea or your bronchi, you know, that's where you get concerned because, and that's why they say, you know, make sure you check your oxygen level because I want to make sure you're, you know, nothing's happening uh, in terms of your lungs. And and it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people who die of COVID die of what's called multi-organ failure, multi-organ dysfunction. And almost invariably in the vast majority of multi-organ dysfunction, there's a sequence of organs that fail in an order. They never fail all at once, usually. They fail uh, lungs first and then kidney, liver, and other organs follow and that's you know that's when you develop multi-organ dysfunction syndrome. And if you get full-blown multi-organ dysfunction syndrome, you know the mortality rate can be as high as fifty percent. So it's not something you ever want to get. But the one thing you know is often or ninety-five percent of the time, the lungs are the first organ to fail. If the lungs are the only organ that fails, you're probably going to survive COVID and almost anything else. But if, you're, if your lungs fail and then all of a sudden you start getting some liver dysfunction, kidney dysfunction, your blood pressure starts to drop, that's when you need to be worried and you need to be concerned. So if you, if you have an active COVID infection, as you get lung involvement, it really depends you know, how, how, what direction that lung involvement goes. Does it get better? Is it getting worse? Is your oxygen level dropping? Those are things to be concerned about that obviously you want to really understand if you are getting an upper respiratory infection or if it's slowly turning into a lower respiratory infection. So as long as you have a runny nose, uh, sinus congestion, your throat hurts, that's one thing. Once you develop a dry cough or, or a productive cough, 
have shortness of breath, your oxygen level is dropping, uh, then you know you now have a lower respiratory infection. And of course, you can just go to any pharmacy and get a pulse oximeter. They're very affordable now. And, you know, usually if you're super healthy, it's 95 and above, and it can even be slightly lower. But obviously, if it drops, especially in the 80s and lower, of course, that uh, means there's severe lung involvement and you should uh, seek immediate medical attention. So those are the ways I would categorize it. When you start to see uh, even a dry cough, shortness of breath, any lower respiratory symptoms, that's when you know now you have both an upper respiratory and a lower respiratory problem. Now, the good news is the vast majority of people who get lower respiratory issues still recover, but the ones that don't recover often have upper respiratory involvement which then proceeds to other organ dysfunctions, which can be a very bad uh, prognostic sign if other organs get involved. Okay, so now I think now that you understand how the coronavirus works, that is simply an upper respiratory infection, we treat it like we would treat any, I mean, in terms of how you deal with it, I would deal with it like how you would deal with any other respiratory infection. You want to try to avoid it if you can. You want to get the vaccine and the boosters. And if you get it, you you have to understand that it's going to run its course possibly just as an upper respiratory infection. It may become a lower respiratory infection. So all the standard stuff you would do to treat a viral upper respiratory, Tylenol, rest, lots of fluids, uh, and to monitor yourself so it, if it advances, you you know seek medical care. So in many ways, it's very much like your standard upper respiratory infection, which can, in this case, get worse by becoming a lower respiratory infection and then in certain groups having a worse outcome. So uh, the same strategies we use for those upper respiratory would apply here. Good news is the vast majority of people, especially younger people without comorbidities, get better uh, uh, by themselves. But the people who are at risk, people with comorbidities need to get the vaccines, need to get the booster, and need to mitigate as much risk as they can. And once these oral agents are available, uh, immediately take those if, if you get an active infection. Thank you for listening. You can check out my website, jonathanbakhtarimd.com, to sign up for my newsletter. And you can watch this full episode over on my YouTube channel, BakhtariMD, where you can leave questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes. As always, be well. Thank you. Thank you.